0: Hey everyone, Uh, welcome to another episode of Direct Connect here at Archer. Uh, Today uh, we have Leonard Chamberlain and uh, Nick Weber uh, joining us. Uh, uh, We're going to take this time today to kind of go over something that's near and dear to my heart, which is SIP 13. Uh, Something that has uh, been very interesting to follow, what uh, utilities are doing uh, with their uh, attempts to comply with this rather vague standard. And uh, and just give you a little bit of uh, what I'm seeing out there, is uh, uh, um, utilities all over the place, to be quite honest with you, uh, seeing some very complicated uh, supply chain security practices and processes. And then I'm seeing other areas where um, there's really no risk assessment being performed at all. It's more of a process of doing, going through the motions of checking the boxes. And uh, so that that's something I've been seeing out there and, and thought that it would be a good topic to discuss um, as we're going through this. I'm not sure, Leonard, Nick, what are you guys seeing out there?
1: I think you've covered... Uh... A lot of it with your your opening comments there, Stacy. I mean, it wouldn't be NERT SIP if it wasn't vague and uh, imprecise on what uh, utilities need to do, right? Um, but that being said, um, you know, I think the the wording in Sip thirteen is is particularly um, non-prescriptive insofar as the actual risk evaluation. Um, I, I feel like. Um, you know, the focus on the vendor, you know, identifying the, the risk from that perspective and, and not so much the products and services is, is a little bit of a, a miss from a, from a standard drafting perspective. That, that's, um, you know, ultimately what, what I've seen in our, our clients, you know, in our travels, the, the, the plans tend to focus, you know, rightfully so, based on the, the way that the standard is worded. Um, on that assessment of the vendor, hopefully some future version will correct that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that emphasis on that vendor questionnaire um, is really kind of a hit and a miss from my perspective. Uh, so much uh, so that you know, the full, the adoption of the NATF questionnaire has been almost wholesale. And that is a giant list of questions that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. And, um, you know, what are you doing with the responses? That's that's where I was hoping that uh, utilities would focus most of their time on. Take those responses and apply it to um, what's being purchased, uh, the product or the service. Um, I get that there's um, elements that need to be addressed, um, especially if you have a... Um, you know, a a cloud-based service provider that's going to manage some of your data, or they're going to manage um, maybe uh, parts of your EMS or your DCS system, where you really have to dive into a lot of a lot of what do you do um, in your facilities? What do you do in your area? Um, but what I'm seeing is, you know, a lot of these questions are being applied to vendors that don't even do that. It's just a product you buy, like SEL. You buy a uh, you know, 3610, and what, what risk are you evaluating of SEL? Uh, there's some small things that you probably want to make sure they're doing, um, that they have firmware update uh, capabilities or got notifications of any vulnerabilities. But what about where that 3610 is going to be put in place in, that, in, in your system? What risks are associated with that? What are you, what are you addressing there? Are you really looking at that? I don't know. Nick, have you seen any of that? I know in, in the SIP 6 area, the packs are now being brought in, so that might play in your area of expertise. Uh,
2: that's exactly what we're seeing is just this wholesale approach, kind of taking a, uh, a broadsword where you need a scalpel um, and trying to apply SIP 13. I recently was on a conversation where there was a discussion of applying it to doors and fences around substations that have a SIP 14 or SIP thir- 6 PSP. Man, I'm all over the place today uh, in the the blockhouse in the middle of the yard. It's like, Oh my gosh, how far do you have to go to get there? But it's an opportunity to have good conversations within the utility, I think, and, and help your, your supply chain folks, whoever's running SIP 13, understand better the nuance of, of what our different departments, whether it's EMS, whether it's um, EACMS PACS, whoever's managing that, what they do and the so what factor, that's what's really missing from all of this, taking it back to, okay, so if this particular piece of equipment is compromised, so what if it's a door controller and it controls a door to a medium impact PSP? okay, so you can get in there, but you still have to go through a series of other pieces. There's already a pretty good set of mitigations built in that's not really being taken into account on this. and the flip side what i'm seeing from this unfortunately is it's it's taking a very small uh, market and making it smaller which if i put on my bad guy hat that takes the number of targets i have to compromise down significantly it makes my job very easy um, whereas if i have to go and try to compromise 60 different vendors to get the utility space market share and now it goes to six maybe i've been watching too much of the americans on hulu but Looking at how that works, that, that's been my my concern with this ever since. Um, FERC held the first technical conference on supply chain. Was what are you going to actually do to security here in the name of security?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's an interesting aspect of it. That you know, I, I think we all it almost feels like what's happening right now isn't really improving security at all. It's um, maybe helping put a some kind of highlight on supply chain within organizations. I know there there are a lot of utilities are finding out that they could do processing better, uh, that there's certain things that they could be more aware of, but um, is it really getting down to what the purpose of the SIP standard was? Is SIP 13 hitting the mark? Um, Like Leonard, you said vendors, um, that seems to be the biggest focus. I see this vendor vetting and, um, You know, and often we have some interesting discussions with utilities that uh, say, well, you maybe want to take a look at your products and services, too, because the regulators, if you look at WAC, you look at RFC, you look at CERC, they're behind the scenes. Their auditors are saying, well, it's much more than what the words on paper are. We expect you guys to do risk assessments, cybersecurity risk assessments. And, oh, by the way, here's a bunch of things you should be doing. Um, However, the standards don't. Don't necessarily say that. Like mitigating any risks identified, standards are absent of that.
1: That's that's very true, Stacy. I mean, that's um, I think a huge gap in the standard. You know, of course, it requires you to implement your process. Um, you know, funny thing, one of the things that used to be missing in versions one through three of SIP, right? Oh, actually, implement the stuff. Um, but in in this case, yeah, the 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 implementing the supply chain process does not necessarily entail mitigating any of the issues. Um, You mentioned earlier this concern about, you know, one size fits all. Um, And and it's it's not an all out audit of the vendor, right? You know, there may be uh, nuances depending on the implementation of the particular technology that you're procuring that could impact uh, the degree to which the product or service Uh, could introduce risk to your environment. Um, You know, I think that the the flip side of that is also that um, when you're evaluating vendors, yeah, it's not one size fits all. Not every vendor has to answer every single question uh, in this questionnaire. Uh, There's some that are completely unapplicable if you're not providing a specific product that's going to be installed in a best cyber system, right?
0: Well, I'd even uh, recommend that, you know, you take that NATF questionnaire and use it as a, a catalog of options. Um, you don't necessarily have to use all of them. Um, pick and choose. Um, make your own. Uh, I've seen some utilities that just have a letter that goes out with six specific questions. It almost looked like they were writing those questions tailor-made for the purchase, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, the risk of of using that questionnaire wholesale is that you're missing the point or you're overwhelming a bunch of vendors and they're going to be a little frustrated um, getting these questionnaires all the time and trying to answer them. You may have a difficult time getting the responses you want. So that that would be my recommendation. Take some time, look at the questions that you really want to get answered and maybe customize that a little bit on the type of purchase you're making, whether it be a product, maybe it's a cloud-based set of questions, maybe it's service only. Somebody's just gonna be implementing a firewall that happens to be within your ESP.
1: Here's an idea, in addition to maybe customizing the questions, maybe have some validation components. So it's not entirely based on the utility being honest and or quote unquote honest, right? We don't know for sure um we're we're taking them at their word um you know for the the most part
2: well i guess the other piece when you're looking at figuring out what questions ask i think one of the the key determiners of whether those are tailor-made or not is who's putting the sip 13 questions together is it the supply chain team or is it the end user and i would say when it's the supply chain team they don't even know enough to know what to ask so they just send it all they ask for the dump truck because they don't know any better and it's not on them that's not their job but i think that comes back to trying to just send out a standard and say go do sip
0: exactly i think uh another challenge i'm seeing with sip 13 is um the idea of what a contract is um and and when you need to update your contract and the standard's pretty clear about this is if you have a contract in place And it's not going to expire for two years. You you don't have to go change that contract. But that is not um, in place of doing a risk assessment. And I think a lot of people are missing that. A lot of utilities are missing that fact that um, it's about the procurement of a product. It doesn't matter about the contract. Um, The contract is a, a good thing to go do, you know, make them, you know, try to make the vendors legally Obligated to do certain things that are in that R1.2 um, section, but the risk assessment is the root of the R1. Go perform a risk assessment. Um, so I really hope the utilities are are paying attention and uh, realizing that you know just because there's a contract in place that can't doesn't need to be modified um, not to miss the risk assessment portion of that because I think that'll get them in trouble.
1: Completely agree, Stacey. I, I think anytime SIP has in, you know, tried to include some of these little notes and exceptions. See uh, SIP two R one3 You don't need a list of low impact BCS. Completely different soapbox issue. Anyway, um, R two note here, uh, and I'm quoting: Implementation of the plan does not require the responsible entity to renegotiate or abrogate existing contracts. Um, uh, the following issues are beyond the scope of R2, the actual terms and conditions of a procurement contract and vendor performance and adherence to a contract. So to your point, that doesn't say don't attempt to mitigate the risk of, you know, installing products and services from a vendor in your system. It simply said, it says, Hey, you don't have to go renegotiate your contract to bake these things in to hold your vendor's feet to the fire. You know, it would be nice if you could do that, but, um, you know, SIP is not requiring that. They recognize, hey, there's potentially some legal um, issues in place with the contract that would prohibit that, right? And maybe the next time you renew it, that's the appropriate time to introduce those aspects. But in the meantime, you're still procuring products and services that you're installing in critical infrastructure, and you should be doing something to attempt to mitigate um, the risks there.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, on talking about things that might be missed. Uh, another thing is, is, um, you know, the risk assessments that I have seen, um, are either super complex, uh, with a lot of numbers, a lot of, uh, spreadsheet, uh, um, calculations in them, or they're, um, just a, uh, a, a checkbox with a notes section that's saying we found no risk, um. For compliance purposes, I would really recommend utilities spend some time on documenting the review and analysis of uh, their risk assessment. Uh, Maybe even document some specific criteria that would lead them to say no or lead them to say something needs to be mitigated. Um, You know, a a set of five or six, maybe 10 set of criteria that make you think more and have those pre-written down. Um, and, and that could guide you to um, answering some questions about that risk assessment. But whatever you do, document your decisions, document mitigating controls. If you're going to do something, if it's lacking um, controls, write that down and, and have a, a package uh, that shows that um, a, you know, a group of qualified people sat down and really thought about the risks and made some decisions based on that.
2: Say so one of the other pieces that's really missing is not going beyond the, the first vendor level, not getting into the corporate structure or second tier supply chain. Um, one of the things that just, I don't know, I can think of at least three different camera manufacturers that fall under Huawei. Like if you just look at the, the primary vendor and not look at the parent, you're going to miss really the intent of the entire standard. I mean, it's super easy to spin up a doing business as or another company and funnel all your stuff through that. Not seeing any companies or any countries do that, but they do. Um, but we don't look at that. and We don't look at. I was shocked recently to sit in on a SIP 13 evaluation where the vendor had passed their their assessment, but the parent company had failed. I don't
0: understand how that made sense to anyone, um, but it moved forward. Yeah, that, that gets to something that I think I'll has been addressed to some extent is the reseller and distributor of products. Um, you know, that's that's a different challenge. You can't just do a reseller um, assessment and say, okay, I'm done. Um, the reseller might have some some risks that they bring to bear, but really it's the product that you're purchasing or the service you're purchasing through that reseller or distributor.
2: Wasn't there one of our colleagues that was going to start up his own company and just be a reseller
0: for uh, <laughs> Ashes. Here here's my NATF responses.
2: <laughs> what do you want me to go by? Uh,
0: it's certainly the standard itself could probably be written a little bit more clear with some more specific expectations. But, you know, we go back and forth on standards in NERC SIP world. Um, how much uh, prescription do we actually want as a industry? And then when we don't get the prescription where we get these write your own adventure type standards. Then we beg for more detail. I'll give you my opinion. I really believe that um, any regulation uh, that's written, uh, you know, like this, that's about critical infrastructure really needs to be detailed. Um, I think you're even if it's bad detail, it's better to have detail than to have uh, open-ended um, guesswork. Um, it's the guesswork that always causes those violations and those unnecessary um, penalties and sanctions.
2: With the guesswork that also incurs extra cost and wasted uh, wasted effort, that really takes away from the ultimate security of it too. I'd say,
0: absolutely, yep. The security is at risk when you do those uh, um, th- those those wide open, vague uh, standards and the language just isn't clear. Um, I think it's really hyper important uh, to make up a word uh, that uh, we see more more prescription and and. I'll fight you on that if you disagree with me. So <laughs> Now we're
2: all going to get canceled. Well, not Leonard. He's been quiet on prescription. We're getting canceled, Stacy.
0: It's just my opinion. I don't speak for the commission. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys have any parting words. Uh, we're up to about 20 minutes here. So um, to me, uh, glad everybody was able to um, stick with us. If he did, um, hopefully some of our, comments and our insights and thoughts uh, uh resonate with you and uh um leonard got parting word
1: you know i would suggest people take from this uh in the in the absence of future revisions you know think about uh what is really the intent there um in 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 the standard uh it's reducing the risk to the bulk electric system by installing uh you know, essentially third party products and services in your environment. So a, a checklist, regardless of how many people are doing that or what a trade organization suggests or has negotiated behind the scenes with the, the regulator, that never happens, right? Um, you know, that it, it, is that really protecting your infrastructure? And if you can say with a straight face that the answer is yes, then, then best of luck to you. Um, but in the meantime, hopefully, uh, you'll uh, think what else you can do to um, ensure that those products and services are being appropriately evaluated.
0: What about you, Nick? I only gave uh, Leonard a word. I'd- so I'll give you, <laughs> you can have some words.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll echo Leonard and just say, when you get these choose your own adventure standards, like for SIP 13, do the best you can to be secure and let the compliance follow. Don't just try to get to what you consider compliance because what we've seen, I think we've got enough runway now on SIP 14 to have seen that just being compliant isn't gonna be compliant the next time around with these. Um, And it's hard to defend when you you stand up in front and you you know you could have done better. You made a budget decision, you made a, a decision because it was easy or convenient that's not a comfortable audit, um, or follow on conversation. So take advantage of these as the opportunity to, to bolster your security, whether it's your supply chain, your physical security, whatever it is, having a list of your low impact assets so you can manage them better, do the right thing. And you're usually going to end up in a good
0: spot. Excellent. And I will leave everyone with this. Um, you know, pay attention to the regulators, uh, watch what they're doing with other utilities and their audits, ask questions, Uh, If you don't think you really know the answer, pick up the phone and talk to one of the real auditors. Uh, They'd be happy to talk to you. You can do hypotheticals and they'll answer. Uh, So don't don't guess. Don't uh, assume you know everything. Take a conservative approach to standards. Be secure and you'll win the day. And that's all we got. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you later. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, You can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel at youtube.com
1: forward slash Archer News Network. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, head on over to our website at archerint.com. That's archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, at Archer underscore INTL on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and check back every other week for brand new episodes.